Faith FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome everybody. It's so good to have you here on 87.6, or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Okay, I'm thankful for two things this morning. Two things. The first thing I'm thankful for was yes. Saturday night. Which was such... Saturday night was awesome. An incredible blessing. We were it able was. to meet Faith of M listeners from all over the Newcastle area and spend time with them and chat with them and get to know them and give them free stuff and listen to Lyle talk a little bit, which is okay in small doses. And It was a small dose. <laughs> it was great. It's actually like, it was such a blessing. I know like a lot of people from, from my church came and, and Robbie cooked. shared his testimony. That's right. It was Robbie powerful. Bergen. It was. It was awesome. The other thing I'm grateful for is that we've got a new producer in the studio helping out this morning. Producer Flo, have you got any words? Nah, she's she's she's, just, she's eleven months old and she's distracted by something. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> so producer Florence, mm-hmm. yes, Lyle and Shell are on um, grandparent duty this weekend. Oh, that's awesome! So producer Florence has come to work with producer Shell and sitting there in the in the in the big seat. Dude, we've got the double L Lyle and Lawson team here, and then we've got the the. Flow and shell team behind the desk, like it's, it's, it's going off. It is man. happening. This it morning. is seriously happening. Also, I don't know. It's been raining. That's kind of not good, but I guess. Yeah, we have had a bit of rain, like a lot of rain. Yeah, just <laughs> and wind and whatnot. But yeah. hey, praise God for rude. This is a you're reminder you're listening to, to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM breakfast show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. What? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. And if you know the answer to that one, well, guys, you can get in. Okay, so what, we got a new prize for this week. We do. We what have a we, new prize we, yeah, for right. every week. But, right. but we the have, week is just starting, so here it comes. You're going to hear it for the first time right now. We have two prizes this morning. One prize, cook 30.2, create delicious whole food, food plant-based meals from scratch in just 30 minutes by Jeremy Dixon. How many How many meals can you do in 30 minutes? Uh, well, you can create a lot of meals in 30 minutes. Let me, let me see here. Oh, hmm. Look... Yeah. I'm I'm looking sound. at a, I'm looking at a list of them and I need to count that it's it's uncountable. I'd say there's maybe like at least an uncountable 20, list of meals you can make seven, in minutes. There's at least twenty seven on this page, at least. So do you reckon you can make twenty seven meals in thirty minutes? Well, maybe if I had 27 people. (laughs) (laughs) We also have uh, another book here that's called Nine Habits for Healthy Christians. So if you want a book that reflects on what the Bible says about health and you want to implement that into your life, this book is good for you as well. We're we're looking after you this morning. We want you to be healthy in the most complete way. So 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. Of course, if you answer these questions correctly, it, each one you answer correctly is another entry into our drawer at the end of the week. But again, that question was, the breastplate of the armor of God represents what? 
All right. If you know the answer, give us a call. The number is 0491-064669. It was nice to meet some people on Saturday night who actually oh, know that number off by heart. That's right. I was, I was actually, we were sitting at a table together and we're sitting across from my good friend, Johanna. And, uh, yeah, we were, well, <laughs> we were, there was a few of us sitting at the table and we were like quizzing each other because there was a, a portion where, uh, Robbie Bergen had shared a bunch of different statistics about the station, but then we got even deeper than what he had shared. I'm like, oh, who, who knows the number of Faith FM? And, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the like, breakfast show number. The breakfast show number. Yes. 0491 It was powerful. But, uh, oh, such a good week. Can and so good to to meet people there as well. Meet people who have started attending church, who have started a relationship with Jesus as a result of of listening to the sh- to the show and to the station. So yeah. praise God! Like that's Amen. exactly why we exist. That's what we're there for to lead people to Christ. Yes. Now let's have a look at some. Interesting scientific news and some interesting inventions that have taken place, both in the area of health. The first one is, uh, I got to start with a question, Lyle. Mm-hmm. Do you want to drink heavy metals? No. No. Good. No. Good. If you, Just no. Good. Yeah. If you did want to do that, then that's a problem. Yes. Like, you will very quickly die. Die. Let's not do that. By drinking lots of heavy metals. Don't want to do that. Now, getting heavy metals out of our drinking water is very necessary. Yes. And it's something that... That's why God invented a thing called clouds. Yes. Because heavy metals are heavy. But sometimes... They don't don't float in clouds. Unfortunately, sometimes clouds aren't completely effective in getting heavy metals out of water. Well, that's because there is heavy metals in the air more than what there is in the... Isn't it? Yeah, I don't know, something like that. Get acid rain. But acid rain, as well as like dumping. It's just. Oh, it dumps down and floods places. Yeah, like, oh, I meant dumping by like, you know, pollution, like in terms of in rivers from. Yes. Factories. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes, yes. And yes, whatnot. Yes. This is, this is things that we already know. And we want, we, we don't want heavy metals in our water. We don't want plastics in our water. Now, a uh, group of scientists out of Singapore. So if it's come from Singapore, you know, it's the future. You know, it's, you know, got to get something done. Uh, they have created this membrane that uses this technique called not absorption, but adsorption. Yes. And it uses adsorption to purify contaminated drinking water to, you know, international drinking standards. One of my favorite things about this story is the quote that was said by the, the scientists. Uh, one of the scientists, he said, um, our work puts heavy metal where it belongs as a niche unlistenable music genre and not a pollutant in our drinking water. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. That's pretty clever. I thought that was so hilarious. (laughs) Um, But what is so cool about this is how they actually came about this adsorption membrane technique because it was actually from a byproduct of creating vegetable oil. Okay. Specifically, like, peanut oil and different types of, like, potato oils and vegetable oils. Essentially, they saw that it created this chemical that just drew all of the heavy metals out of water. Wow. Which is exactly what I want. Like, yes. So, you... See, there's this wonderful thing called clouds that gets all the heavy metal out of water. And if you have a tank, then you can get water without heavy metals that way. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's right. But not everyone has a tank, Lyle. That's, that's, that's right. right. So like not everyone you, has a tank. If you're living in a apartment building in the city, firstly, we feel sorry for you. But se- yes. secondly... You don't uh, have a tank. You don't have a tank. That's right. And, you know, your water's travelling through all kinds of pipes and in all kinds of areas that yes. you, you don't know about. And so now you have the ability to be able to suck the metal out of there and then you're good. You're not drinking, you know... Particularly if you've got one of those old buildings that still has lead pipes in it. Yeah, Is so there still cute. any of those around anymore? It's I, been a long time since I've seen lead well, pipes. I have seen lead pipes. I would say, you know, this has been international research, not necessarily Australian research. I think here in Australia, they'd be pretty strict. Pretty hard to find lead of, pipes, I think. Yeah, but definitely somewhere overseas. Like, yes. it's not very updated or hip to the idea of not drinking heavy metals. Well, I was working on a on a, on a house in the United States one time and found lead pipes. Oh, wow. It's a pretty old place. Did you say to the people, like, this probably shouldn't be here? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I have another story here, another health story. Mm-hmm. Okay, this one is, like, science fiction, bro. Like, I don't even, I'm like, so basically. Is, what, this, a, is this a true story? This is a true story. Okay. It's a true story. But yeah. what, I'm, what I mean by that is that it, it seems like science fiction. Essentially... We know that reducing pain when it comes to illnesses, when it comes to bone breaks and surgeries and all that thing is something that is very helpful. Like we want to reduce pain because it can be debilitating. At the same time, lots of the methods used to reduce pain, like I think particularly about opioid usage, can ruin your life. Yes. And I know multiple people from from my background uh, growing up as a motorbike racer who crashed, got surgeries got addicted to opioids and lost yes. their career as a, as a result. That'll happen. Like, and it, opioid usage is currently a crisis in the United States. It's at an all-time high and people are dying and losing their lives and not even just losing their lives, but losing their livelihoods and losing everything they have and then moving on to, you know, hard drug usage as a result of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. prescription And I've got friends who are, di- who are addicted to prescription medications. They've never moved on to any hard drugs, but they've never been able to get off their prescription meds. That's right. Pretty nasty stuff. Now, there has been created this first of its kind, this alternative to opioids that is essentially a strip that gets put in wherever the pain-affected area is. Right. And then cools down the nerves to make the pain go away. And then once using... It uses like an external pump. And then once it's done, it just dissolves into the bloodstream. So you can put another one in? Yeah. But the thought is, is, you know, you keep putting them in. But it dissolves into the bloodstream once you stop using it. So you have an external pump that goes into this strip in your body that then is... Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you have like a pump on your belt or something rather that just pumps it in there when you need it? Yeah. Now, is this like an opioid that they're just pumping in? No. No, 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 no. What this is, this is working actually like a radiator in your car. So basically, you put this strip in. So it just cools the nerves. It just cools the nerves. It just pumps like cool liquid. Like putting an ice pack on it. That's right. But on the inside, that like. Where it gets to it much more directly. Like immediately. And like stops the pain as effective as opioids. That's pretty impressive. And then when you're done with it, you just pull the belt pack off and then it just dissolves and you're good. 
this, wow. This I is like this is incredibly impressive, but also I'm kind of scared by this because are we creating like superhumans here? Or is that, like if you've just got someone juiced up on these implants? Think anybody who's in pain will not be so worried about whether yeah, they become right. a superhuman or not. That's right. But what if someone who's not in pain is just can never be in pain? This is, anyways. I thought it was. Mm. I thought it was really, really I don't interesting. Know you did the whole body, but uh, yeah, this is really, really interesting study coming out. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson's feeling pretty sad. He missed the F1 race here. <laughs> Last night, I fell asleep. Had an epic, well, an epic crash, right? And what was in the first lap or something? Yeah, like? were you watching the race? No, I was. I keep up Just on these things. Saw the highlights. Oh yeah, dude. First, so I watched the first lap. Oh, okay. So you saw and that, and then it red flagged, and I was like, oh. Okay, and I'm just sitting there because it's midnight. And then you went to sleep. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> because you got to do radio this morning. That's right. I was like, right. yeah, whatever. Anyways, let's have another clue for the quiz. In the sanctuary, what item was opposite the golden lampstand? 0491 is the number to call or text, guys. And if you call and text those numbers with the correct answer, you can go into the draw to win Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon. This is how to create awesome, delicious meals from scratch within 30 minutes. And the other book we have here is Nine Habits for Healthy Christians. Let's see. If you win this book, in 30 minutes, you'll be able to make mini butternut frittatas and Arabiata, Arabiata penne pasta. I love that word, Arabiata. That's like a word that I don't know. Yeah. I don't the, know what it is, but the, I want to eat it. You'll be able to make it. Don't know what it is, but I want to eat it. All yeah. right, heading across to the United States. Of course, the number to call is 0491064669. Oh, i just quickly repeat that question again. In the sanctuary, what item was opposite the golden lampstand? There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Now can I talk about the U.S.? Yeah. United States. Okay, so in the United States, uh, U.S. Senators Elizabeth Warren, uh, who was a former presidential candidate, and Bob Menendez Mm. are leading a coalition of pro-choice politicians pledging to crack down on advertising from pro-life pregnancy resource centres. So these are uh, resource centres where if you are pregnant, maybe you've got an unwanted pregnancy or you know whatever the circumstances might be, you can go along there and they will provide you with all of the resources that you need to be able to have the child, raise the child, uh, find care for the child if you need to find care for the child, abortion, fostering, you know all those kinds of um, options. So they'll they'll lay out all of your different options. They'll help you with that, and so forth. And of course, Elizabeth Warren and Bob Menendez want to crack down on these companies and their advertising by limiting what they're allowed to say about abortion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there used to be this thing called free speech. Mm. Uh, Apparently there isn't anymore. Okay, so this is is a, a piece of legislation that directs the Federal Trade Commission to issue rules... And this is what this is bizarre. This is truly bizarre. Prohibiting a person from advertising with the use of misleading statements related to the provision of abortion services. And it's like, okay. why do you need this? What what defines a misleading statement? Well, isn't it already completely illegal to do any kind of false advertising in any kind of developed country? What why are we having this new it, law? Yeah. I mean, it's a law against false advertising. Wow. That dude, this, is, this is a revolution, right? Really here. seriously? Mm. Uh, anyway, 
she goes on to state, it's more important than ever to crack down on so-called crisis pregnancy centres. So crack down on anything that is trying to save the lives of children. Yeah, but also you don't you don't have to go to crisis pregnancy centres. No, you don't. Like, but they're a good thing that they're there. Yeah, no, no. I, I that's what I'm saying. I'm like, like, okay. So there's a crackdown on a on abortion, right? Yes. Right now, and and people yes. say, oh, if you don't have to go to a crisis pregnancy center, if you have the consent to do that, you should have the consent, like the right to consent to having an abortion. But the difference is, is that you're killing an unborn child. That's right. Uh, and so. But now they're just, I guess they're like, oh, if you can't get an abortion, then you also can't get help if you can't have an abortion. Which which then, okay, so, like, the complaint from everyone is, oh, because these, like, you know, these banning of abortion has gone through, women are going to die and have terrible lives as a result. Yes. But now we're making it even worse. Let's not provide anything for them uh, that would be a better alternative than abortion. Or that would be any alternative. Yeah. Let's, let's not give them any. Let's just trap them into terrible lives. Well, let's actually kill them. Be- because abortion has been legislatively banned, let's just yes. actually kill women. So, like, and these so, are from yeah. the people who are saying that banning abortion is killing women. Yeah. So let's not provide any help for women <laughs> now that abortion... It's just bizarre. <laughs> it is a bizarre world that we live in. I do not understand our world, and I wish that it would just stop so I could get off. This is an unimaginable horror that I can't even begin to imagine. I just, It just is beyond me. And I understand that people, you know, particularly women and families have gone through some terrible things as a result of this mm. and are dealing with all kinds of issues, and our sympathy goes out to you. Absolutely, a hundred percent. And if you want to call Lifeline one three one 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 four, I'm dead serious. You know, we all have a past. We've all done things in the past. Mm. And if you're feeling bad about some of these things, then get some help. But at the same time, the, the, the horror of what happens in our world with the millions and millions of children whose lives are lost is is just beyond my I, I, ability to even comprehend. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the bill claims that pregnancy centres routinely engage in a variety of deceptive tactics. Well, if that's the case, there is already legislation. Sue them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it claims pregnancy centres outnumber abortion clinics three to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But isn't this wait, an awesome what? thing? <laughs> yeah, because more people okay. have babies and get abortions. It claims pregnancy centres. No, that's the one in four. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's one, true. One I know. I know. Like, the, yeah, 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 it's yeah. The, the abortion number is very high, but more people give birth to babies yes. than have abortions. Yes. yes, within some sectors of the community, such as the African American community, uh, particularly some sectors of that community, it's the other way around. It's the, the other way around. Yeah, but on, really on the whole, but then it just makes sense. As, but this is what's wrong with a pregnancy center? Does this person not want anyone to have they don't babies? Want, they don't want any pregnancy centers, and they're upset that pregnancy centers outnumber abortion clinics on a ratio of three to one. <laughs> so, in other words, we're helping women who have children and who have unwanted pregnancies too much. Ah. So let's help them less. It's just like, what on earth? Anyway, uh, crisis pregnancy centres give women... Um, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, CareNet, a pro-life non-profit organisation, says its 1,100 affiliates across North America provided more than 62 million in free services mm. uh, annually. Uh, crisis pregnancy centres give women real choice, offering them resources to choose to continue their pregnancy. 
Uh, that came from pro-life writer Bethany Mandel. Actress uh, Patricia, Patricia Heaton also criticised the bill. This is interesting. You don't really find this often coming from actresses and so forth. It says, our medical pregnancy clinic serves client families for five years, providing superior services for anyone who asks. We raised $250,000 for it. This is their local one. Uh, for a mobile clinic, mobile medical clinic for undeserved areas, treating everyone. Uh, because of people like Senator Warren, we now have to hire armed security. Well, that might be going a little bit too far. I don't think the bill is going that far yet, but mm. yeah, wow. What a, what a just a sad, sad world we live in. All right, let's talk about, let's talk about the rain here. Yes. In New you South Wales. How much rain they had in Sydney? A lot. 600 millimetres. That's over that half a That is a lot. That's a lot. That's like their entire year's worth of rainfall. In like, what, two days? Yeah, in two days. That's 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 a lot. Man, I got, so, some, I got some friends down in Sydney. Hopefully they can get home. Uh, conditions are likely to worse, get, worsen before they get better, says Andrew Edmonds. He's a spokesman for the SES. Uh, so basically, we've got an east low sitting, an east coast low sitting off the east coast of Australia. We're familiar with these. Well, otherwise called the southerly bust, it's going to bring high winds. It's going to bring lots of rain. It's going to bring high seas. It's going to bring uh, combined with high tide to wash away our beaches. You been to the beach recently? Any sand left down there? Dude, I took someone to New, uh, not Newcastle Beach, but Bar Beach. Yes, and it wasn't there. And there's just no beach. It was no beach. It was a like, coast. The, liter- a literally, the water was coming all the way up to the concrete. I've never seen that before and well, i had to explain to them like they're like normally, oh the beach is quite like narrow here and i had to explain to them like no normally the, the normally the ocean is 100 meters away i was like this used to be the best beach in australia ever in the whole world but like it's terrible now i don't like this at all okay so this uh, we're expecting uh, 120 millimeters every six hours uh, over the next uh, day and night <laughs> That's a lot of rain. That is a lot of rain. Dude, that's it's like not five raining, inches, rain. five inches every six hours. Yeah, that's not so much. This is Sydney, so it's a little oh, bit further south of where okay. we are here in Newcastle. Uh, we're expecting winds of seventy to eighty kilometers an hour or more. Yikes! And there are currently, when I started preparing the story, there were forty-one evacuation orders in place. By the mm. time I finished preparing the story, there were sixty-nine evacu- evacuation orders in place and counting. Mm. Yeah, these floods, they just keep coming. We're going to talk more about floods in our interview in just a moment. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Lawson, let's have a third question for our quiz. All right, third question. What is the third of the Ten Commandments? If you know, if you know which, what is commandment number three? You can quote it for us. Which version? The Bible version or the Roman Catholic version? The Bible version. Okay, okay, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. Because the Roman Catholic version, in the Roman Catholic version, the third commandment is the Lord's Day. But yes. it is not that. So yeah. I was gonna I was gonna give extra points for knowing the Ah, sorry, Catholic too bad. Version. No extra points. But you know, if you can tell us how you know that, then I guess good for you. 0491064669. Again, our prize for this week is we have Cook 30.2, ama- an amazing book full of incredible recipes that you can cook from scratch within 30 minutes, and Nine Habits for Healthy Christians. If you want to win either of those things, if you want to go into the draw to win either of those things, 0491064669, just tell us, what is the third of the Ten Commandments? 
Okay, if, uh, and of course, if you're wondering what on earth is Lyle talking about, uh, particularly when I talk to uh, my Roman Catholic friends, they're like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, just check your catechism. Yeah. The, the It'll catechism. be different in the catechism yeah. to what it is in the Bible. It is. Um, so you can check that up. That's uh, re- relatively easy to look up. Mm-hmm. Well, joining us on the phone this morning is Paul Esau from Asian Aid. Paul, welcome to the show. Yeah, morning, Lyle. Thanks so much for having us. Now, Paul, floods are a, uh, a a major issue that is on our mind right now because we've got a lot of flooding happening in Sydney, down in the Illawarra and so forth, but not on any kind of scale like what you've been experiencing in uh, countries where you are operating uh, schools and orphanages with Asian aid. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening over there? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, we've all experienced floods here ourselves just recently. Across the last 12, 18 months, I think... Um, we all know someone who has been impacted or been impacted ourselves, and you know it's a challenge for us here uh, in these countries that who have nothing. They've had some of the biggest floods that they've ever experienced. Um, so they've been displaced from homes, their schools have been destroyed, their crops are finished. So they absolutely have nothing left. Um, so so, so yeah, if I could just jump in, if we compare that with say yeah. Australia, in Australia we have. We have a certain amount of infrastructure to mitigate floods. We have uh, regulations so that, you know, there's places where you can't build houses, you can't, you know, areas where you can't do things, which, you know, okay, that didn't work in Lismore because the floods came, you know, one and a half metres above, you know, the 100-year level. But for the most part, they do provide a measure of protection. And then we have a lot of infrastructure that kicks into place. You know, the the military moves in, uh, they're operating down in Sydney already, uh, over the weekend, we've got the SES, we've got all kinds of companies, we've got the insurance companies that kick in and rebuild, you know, and put people's lives back together. But in places like Bangladesh, which is one of the poorest countries on earth, do they have any yeah. of this to mitigate the crisis? No, I mean, we're, we are fortunate. While we still have disasters happen here, as you mentioned, we've got some support around us. These countries, they've got nothing but a piece of corrugated iron or a tarp to survive under now for who knows how long. Uh, in, in the size of what we're talking about, you know, there's over 7 million people that have been affected by this flood. Uh, and people, like, they experience floods in Bangladesh. It is a low-lying area. Uh, but for countries that have this, they've never experienced anything like this. And so the sheer size and impact of the scale of the devastation that they're experiencing is just huge. And uh, they don't have that infrastructure, as you mentioned here, that can help them get back on their feet. Um, you know, so we're talking like over half a million people have been evacuated and they're living on the sides of roads. They're just trying to find a tarp to hop under. Uh, they have no food or water to uh, survive on. So their situation is... Uh, it's fairly grim, um, and in the scale of the things, it's uh, where we tried to support and have moved to try and help them where we can, yeah. Yeah, so when we look at a town like Lismore where we have a few thousand, you're talking about, you know, numbers in the millions that are being affected in the way that, you know, Lismore was affected or, or Sydney is being affected right now, you know, over this, this weekend there's a lot of uh, areas that are going underwater. Now... Does, is there any insurance? Is there any, you know, uh, does the is the government able to provide anything for these people? I mean, this is a, a developing country, Bangladesh. Yeah, so 
the government helps where they can and they do move their troops to support. I think it's just the volume. Uh, even the United Nations has actioned support. Um, there's people around there that just have nothing left. Like they go to work in the field to provide for that day. Um, their fields and their food supply has been uh, devastated and they don't have opportunity just to um, have people support, which we do, which we're all fortunate for. While we have our own disasters here, I think um, we can appreciate that if you have nothing, then having that taken away from you is um, pretty hard to continue. So for AsianAid, your, your, your main thing is not disaster relief. Your main thing is education and taking care of children, uh, running schools and so forth. How has this impacted what you're doing in Bangladesh? Yeah, you're right. So uh, we focus on uh, the schools and uh, communities around those schools and provide livelihood training and sponsorship for those schools. The churches and the schools that we support have been uh, impacted. We've got um, our partners have shared many, many stories and photos uh, this last weekend of water halfway through the churches, the schools, the teachers' homes. All their resources are gone. Their food is gone. So while we're not immediate emergency relief, uh, we have stepped into providing food support across the weekend for our the children that we support in their communities. We'll continue to do that um, because at this stage, as I mentioned, their crops are completely gone and the first thing that we need to do is support them in what they need to just survive, and that's food relief. So that's where we've actioned ourselves immediately. I think secondly, we'll then work on how we can support them to rebuild, rebuild the schools, rebuild the churches that around the community and then help the families get back on their feet. Um, so at the moment, uh, you know, we've had photos of mums just sitting under a tarp with their babies. Um, so we're just trying to get what we can to them at this point so we can provide some support. Yeah. You mentioned these are the biggest floods that they've ever had on record. Why is it we hear so much more? Well, I guess it's obviously like why we hear so much more about the floods here in you know, Australia because it's in our backyard, but we really have heard very little about the floods in Bangladesh and it's almost like, well, you know, Bangladesh has gone underwater again. Yep, move on, find another story. Um, but it's a massive human tragedy. How many how many of Asian AIDS schools have been affected by these these particular floods? Yeah, so we work up in the north all of Bangladesh, but this is particularly up in the north and so we have a number of schools there at the moment. Um, we've got probably over six schools that have been impacted. Um, I'd love to be able to share the photos with you that we see. They are on our web for anyone who would like to have a look. Uh, and these buildings don't have the same, I guess, quality of our buildings either. So uh, floods there, I mean, they, they destroy what's there. So the schools and um, churches basically have nothing left and it will be a full rebuild. So we have a lot of um, infrastructure issues that will happen. But, uh, yeah, there's over six schools and churches that are impacted by the areas that we support with our partner in Bangladesh. Yeah, and this is just, I mean, this is just a, a portion really. I mean, there'd be a massive impact right across there. But if, you know, everybody gets in and does their little bit, 
then it gives us that opportunity to rebuild. Bangladesh is such a low-lying country. Is this a place where you can just, you know, bring in new laws and say, okay, you can't build on these areas, you can't live in these areas because they're likely to be flooded? Or or would that just, you know, impact the, the country too much to be, you know, displace people that far? Well, I think uh, there's just the volume of people, Lyle. You know, they've got over 165 million people that live in an area that is, I don't know, 50 times smaller than Australia. Mm. So the population density and, yes, being a low-lying area, so they're accustomed to having wet weather every year. They, their lifestyle's structured around that, but not to like us. You know, when the floods are this big that we're experiencing, we're not accustomed to it. And as you mentioned, we have infrastructure and support. They have none of that. So their their livelihood is gone. Um, their food supply is gone. So I think to displace people, it's just the sheer volume of people. They have nowhere else to go. So they make home where they can. And, um, you know, they live on the field, in the paddocks. So there's just nowhere else for them to go. So at the moment, they're living on the side of the road. They're living up on any high spot that they can find in, in their just general communities um, where their homes are gone. Will people so face? Will, 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 will people die of starvation as a result of this? Well, people have been dying, yes, and starvation is critical at this point, especially like it's hard to imagine like um, even just fresh water. There's floods, but it's the sanitation side and the hygiene side that will now impact people. Mm. So diseases, yeah, so I would imagine, that would run through yeah, the water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's the next thing. It's um, immediate response, and uh, I had a call, an email just from uh, our partner, Shohag in uh, Bangladesh, and he just emailed us over the weekend. I just share. He just said, uh, uh, "We need your prayers and urgent support. Uh, please share your support. We need food." And uh, help out to help our children. Uh, all homes, food, and crops are destroyed. So that's um, just come in on the weekend from our partner. So that's what they're dealing with. You can see their photos. Uh, they're pretty de- devastating. Well. And Paul, I just want to say that, you know, from time to time, I, I don't know whether I'm unusual or not, but I think there'd probably be a lot of us, you know, we get on social media, we get people contacting us from these uh, developing countries, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Bangladesh in particular is where I seem to get them from. And they're asking for for help. They are showing tremendous amount of need and sending through, you know, a whole slew of photos of, you know, various crises and giving their bank details and asking for money to be sent across. And I think for anybody who has, you know, the slightest bit of sympathy, we all want to help. The challenge is when you get something like this on social media, it's kind of like, but is this for real or not? I think we might have lost Paul there. Can we try and get uh, Paul, are you there? I think we've lost Paul. Um, but just, just while I'm... Talking about it, I, I just want to say that, you know, we all want to help, but you look at these messages coming through and it's like, well, who is this person? Mm. Is this person for real? Can we, can we trust what they are actually saying? And this is what I love about Asian Aid because Asian Aid is based right here in Australia 
and they have strict protocols that they use so that you know that your money is not being wasted. It is going directly to where it needs to go and is being used appropriately and is not just going to make some individual somewhere on the world that, you know, wealthy again. Do we have Paul back on the phone yet there? Yes, I'm back, Lyle. Well, sorry about that. No, we just, um, yeah, just we lost you there for a second. But yeah, I was just, yeah, I was just saying, having, he- oh, sorry. I was just saying that we, you know, we're so often on social media, we get people <clears throat> contacting us from these countries and asking for money, and, and and we don't know whether we can trust them or not. But when we have an organisation here in Australia that is, you know, I mean, how long has Asian Aid been around for now? Yeah, so Asian Aid's been around for over fifty-five years. So we're a supporting ministry of the Adventist Church, and we take. Um, uh, the accountability of our supporters' funds extremely um, top priority, yes. and we've been partnering with our in-country partners. Like uh, our Bangladesh partner is also celebrating over fifty years. We work very closely with them. We audit them. We monitor all the programs that we support, and we ensure that if we get any funding, that like today, as an example, if Anyone would like to support our family food fund, that funding will go to provide immediate uh, support to families for food. Um, yeah, so there are a lot of people who are chasing all of our funding and we want to support whoever we can, locally or internationally, and you know, whichever way we go about it is a blessing. Mm. Uh, but we do take the funds um, that we receive under immediate care and and we hold ourselves accountable for ensuring that those funds are passed on to the um, people who need it most. Paul, to deal with just the immediate crisis that you're facing right now with the floods in Bangladesh, how much do you need to raise? Oh, that's a big question, Lyle. I think um, for all of us, there's funds needed everywhere. We've sent money or, or immediately last week uh, just to support. We, we would be grateful for any support that we could have. And it would go to the Family Food Fund right now. And then as we move through this disaster, we'll go into the uh, supporting the infrastructure build of the churches and the schools again. Yes. So uh, any funding would be a, a blessing for the area that we support. I understand that there's so many places, as we know, Sydney now lives more last. March. Um, So, yeah, we're all just trying to do our little bit for the people who are less fortunate than us. And I think one of the big differences is that, you know, in Sydney and Lismore and places like that, and, you know, there were lives lost and has already been lost in Sydney over the weekend. But we also need to remember that, you know, most of the people who have been affected there are now couch surfing, you know, with friends and relatives and so forth, whereas in Bangladesh they are huddled under a piece of iron or a piece of tarp if they can find that. So let's just keep that in mind. Uh, Paul Esau, thank you so much. That's Paul Esau from Asian Aid. Please keep them in your prayer and give them the support that you can. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.